Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Eidelman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Eidelman Unplugged. Let's look at some of the questions that came in. And what I'm going to do, I don't want to be short, uh, just to be short sometimes. I want to be... Um, you know, relevant, also give you some direction, but many times I've already done short clips about a lot of these topics. So I will probably point you to the short clips, point you to some of my books. Uh, for example, the first one that came in with art, um, you know, I'm tackling a lot of the, the subjects many pastors won't tackle. And what is my view on reformed theology? And so I shared with him a clip I did. Does God choose me or do I choose God? So you can search my name in YouTube. Does God choose me or do I choose God? That will help to answer that question. Uh, but in a nutshell, um, reformed theology came out of with John Calvin, Jurg Zwingli, uh, John Knox in Scotland, Luther in Germany. And they were coming against the works-based oriented religion of Roman Catholicism. And so out of that came the tulip, the total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. So all of those are really solid biblical concepts. Um, but some of those, you know, there's two sides to it. For example, limited atonement. Did Jesus only die for the elect or did he die for the whole world? And that those who repent and believe will be, uh, grafted in, uh, as, as a form of, of not a form, but as a, as a means of salvation. And then also, uh, total depravity. Are we so depraved that we cannot repent and, and believe in Jesus Christ unless, or we have to be part of the elect. So it would take me so long to unpack that. So I just encourage you, if you want more on that topic to go to, does God choose me or do I choose him? Uh, my personal belief is, is both with this type of theology. You have to believe that God is sovereign. God's going to save those he wants to save. He's, he's going to call certain people like the prophets, uh, like Paul. Uh, but also man is held responsible for his actions. Unless you repent and believe you're not going to experience the saving grace of God. So I let God handle that out, handle that. Uh, I definitely don't gravitate towards any ism. Uh, I try to just, you know, the Bible teaches that God is sovereign and he, he teaches election. His, his people are elect, but he also shows that he is just in that a person can accept or reject him. And I believe God possibly gave that person the ability to accept or reject them. It's not a good work. It's how God created us. So again, that's a whole nother subject on its own. Uh, Jody has another question here. Uh, if, if severe persecution breeds revival uh, and souls being saved, then why is the best route to oppose government and schools and policies? And, and basically why is the best route to come against, uh, government, uh, to, to oppose all this perversion basically and calling evil good and good evil. In other words, why not sit back, let the persecution come and then that can purify the church? Well, a couple thoughts, unless I'm reading the Bible wrong. Uh, we will be persecuted, uh, persecuted, persecution can refine the church, but I don't see that we're supposed to pursue on purpose persecution. All right, kids, I can't wait till you get murdered for your faith. Uh, that's just not healthy. It's not good. So 
Uh, Jesus even said, flee to Ju- flee Judea when that time has come. And there's a, there's a sense that we're not t- supposed to be excited about or rush towards persecution or desire it. We're actually supposed to fight against the ungodly works of darkness. We're supposed to do business till God returns. We're supposed to put godly leaders and legislation into place for, for our children and for our grandchildren. But then also understanding that be prepared because per- persecution will come. So I think that's my view is we don't look for it, but we prepare for it. We're not excited about it and and looking forward to it, but we're prepared when it comes. So that would be my thought. I don't think, because biblically speaking, we're not told to be quiet and don't say anything either. Just, you know, just let it happen. Uh, I think we're supposed to make a difference. And so let's see, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, should Christians who vote Democrat be subject to church discipline? Um Boy, that's, that's a, see, here's again, all these, I wish I could take all these and do separate podcasts because what happens is in my area, um, let me set my, this down for a minute. Let me explain this to you because I do know, uh, Christians who are Democrats and primarily black Christians, friends of mine who are Democrats and they, you know, I don't agree. Of course, I don't know how you you can vote for a party with that platform, but hear me out here. So a lot of them would say that the Republican party would, would is all about, you know, or is for, uh, a, uh, the, the right to life and different things, but they're just saying it. They're really not for it. So I can vote that way, but those guys could care less about, you know, my people, my family. Uh, and so that's why there was this big support for Barack Obama because, and they they look through life with a different set of lenses, and we have to respect that uh, because of how Black America was treated in our country, as opposed to White America. And uh, it does again doesn't mean anything is the, the, that party is right. I'm just t- trying to tell you it's good to understand where people are coming from. Then you can best relate to them and best actually counteract their arguments. Uh, so they look at life through a different lens. So they would say that uh, the Democratic Party is more for my people. Uh, they're going to help with with the school system and they're going to help with uh, helping the poor. And the, which we know all of that is a false narrative. None of that is true. Uh, I don't believe in any political party. I wish Jesus could vote. But we have to align with those parties when we do vote that are going to be pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-God's word. Even if these people aren't perfect, at least we have policies and people in positions of leadership who believe that. So um, that's why there is a difference uh, out there again i don't agree with it i just think we need a lot of grace and humility during these dire times and if people believe uh that trump was a racist and the republican party's racist and that's how that's the lens remember the lens they look through you can't argue that you've got to pray that god would show them uh the light show them uh that that's not the case uh but anyway so um should Christians who vote Democrat be subject to church discipline? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. That'd be a hard one to, to, to pull off. Um, but again, no matter what my answer is, people are going to be upset, but that's just the truth. Uh, the truth is uh, the Republican Party founded by Abraham Lincoln was the party 
uh, to free the slaves. The Democrat Party was actually to keep the slaves. You can just watch that history, Ku Klux Klan, Democratic Party. And then there's a shift in the 19, probably 50s or 60s, Martin Luther King Jr., and, and seeing that the government can then be for more for the black community and the Republicans were more viewed as white, wealthy individuals. And then that's where that divide started. But um, yeah, I wish all Christians should just look at, regardless of party affiliations, regardless of how you were raised or what your um, mom and dad told you, what what does God's word say about a lot of these policies? Uh, let's see. Um, another one that came in. It feels like every time someone, including me, quotes scripture that points out sexual immorality is a sin, we are attacked. My question is, how can this be done in a loving way to present, prevent such hatred from others? Well, Kelly, that's a, that is a difficult one. And, uh, I deal with it all the time too in my own family, not immediate family per se, but extended family, uh, friends dealing with issues right now, actually on this topic. And here's the tough part is, I don't think we should be in an encyclopedia of scriptures, or I should say a semi-automatic rifle full of scriptures. In other words, just shooting people down, shooting people down, shooting people down with scriptures. You know you're in sin. You're caught in sin. You shouldn't be living together. You're out of God's will. And we're shooting them. And uh, I've been guilty of that. Um, but I think there, there you have to. there's a relationship built. Most people know what you stand for and what I stand for. And so... Our life already speaks volumes. I mean, I know people that don't want to be around me just because they know what I believe and how I think. And so most people already know how you feel about their sexual immorality. And so what I try to do, uh, and I, there's a couple of things I'm praying about right now that I, I, I hope will transpire in the future. But um, I, I wait for the opportunity. Like, I love them. I'm, I'm there for them. Um, but... Wait for that opportunity. You know, hey, life is really challenging right now. What do you think? And then I can go in there and I can, I can, um, you know, minister to them. However, there are times, depending on if they're church members, depending on how bad the situation is, be, be, depending on if there's kids involved, abuse, addiction. So I think as long as we come with a loving, gracious heart, filled with the Holy Spirit, and you let the chips fall where they may, and you might need to seriously rebuke someone and convict them. That's not bad either. That's biblical. Uh, but again, it, it all begins with our own heart. And I did a an article, I think you can find on my website, shaneidleman.com. Many of these topics you can find articles on. If you go to shaneidleman.com, just put in the search bar. You can just put in church discipline. And I talk about how that should be handled and um, how to love the person yet hold tight to the truth. And so, yes, you're going to be attacked, um, you know, post, posting verses on Facebook. So as I often say, you've probably heard me say this, the truth will offend, but our attitude shouldn't. So the truth will offend, but our attitude should not. And that's really the key. I'm going to speak the truth in love. I'm going to preach the truth in love. And that's going to offend people. But as long as I'm not arrogant and bombastic and in your face, you know, the I've often said the silent pulpit is not God's pulpit, but also the angry pulpit is not God's pulpit too. We have to remember that. Um, now righteous indignation, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. But anyway, Kelly, as long as your heart is right, you feel led of the Holy Spirit. I think we can point out, um, point out that in others, but keep in mind, they usually already know what you believe and they already know that they're living in sin. And so, 
you know, that's why even with parents, um, when their kids come home and their kids are caught in sin, loving them like the prodigal son, like the dad, the father waiting, you're loving them, but you're there to speak truth into their life when they're willing and when they're ready. You have to be strategic for sure. Uh, let's see. When the rapture takes place, will the believer's body, soul, and spirit be taken up? Uh, not wanting to follow the left behind series of my theology. Well, body, soul, and spirit is, is what we're, what we're comprised of. That's all of us. Body, soul, and spirit. Uh, God breathed into Adam. He was already a body, but God breathed into Adam and he became a living nephish, a living soul, a living being. Nephish in the, in the Hebrew there is specifically is talking about that's when life came. So um, the rapture, and again, this will be another podcast. There are different views on this. You know, there is definitely a catching away. Uh, but whether you're all millennial, uh, meaning we're currently in the in the in the experiencing a lot of of the millennial, whether is it all millennial really means. Um, well, let me wait. Let me just get time to fully exhaust this topic at some point. But all millennial is is a different view about the millennial. Basically, means there's no millennial. It's more of of uh, preterist view. And then you have um, all millennial post millennial. You know that what will take place after the millennial reign, pre millennial. What takes place before the millennial reign, uh, pre trib. That we're out of here before a great tribulation. Post trib. We're out of here after the tribulation. Mid trib. We're out of here halfway through the tribulation. And that's why I don't really take a very strong view on this because great men of God are really, really divided on this topic. So, uh, but to answer your question. The great, the, the catching away that Paul talks about that we will be caught up in a twinkling of eye that we don't know when that's going to be. We could go through the tribulation. I won't be surprised if we do. I love Chuck Smith. I love Calvary Chapels. I love those who disagree. And, and I don't say they're wrong. I would never say, oh no, they're wrong. I just have a lot of questions. Um, I, I don't see Christ coming for his church and then coming again. I don't see two, two comings. I know they word it differently. Like, well, one's, you know, coming for his bride. The other's coming for judgment. Um, and I see, I, I just don't see. And then the church is taken away. And then now some are left here and now there are martyrs, but we're, we're up in heaven enjoying it while others are being martyred. And so I, I don't really, it's hard for me to, put those pieces of the puzzle together. I've read, you know, so many books on this topic, but the Bible just really tells me to be prepared, be ready. I don't know what's coming. I want to let people know there could be tribulation that we might go through a great tribulation to be prepared for that. But at some point there will be a catching away. So yes, I believe that all of us, our, our body, soul, and spirit will be caught up uh, with, with Christ, just like the Bible talks about. Uh, my thoughts on Matthew 28, 18, Jesus tells us that after the resurrection, he has all power. And what is, what is he planning to do with it? Uh, in the passage, he tells his disciples what he's doing. Matthew 28. Uh, don't have the Bible in front of me, but I believe that's at the end of the, the Gospels there. Jesus is saying, all power and authority has been given to me. And therefore, as a result, go and make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So my thoughts on that is um, Jesus is saying, I've conquered hell, death, sin in the grave. Satan is now under my, he's always been under God's control, of course, but, but there's a, like, there's a spiritual 
upheaval that took place when Jesus said about John the Baptist, uh, until, uh, you know, until John the Baptist, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So some type of spiritual upheaval took place and Jesus said, okay, I'm resurrected, resurrected, resurrected. I've overcome that power, that strength of evil as a result of that, as a result of you being my followers. Now you have the spiritual authority to go and make disciples, cast out demons, speak in other tongues, raise the dead and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if we could do that more, we might see revival in America. I'm telling you, that's another topic where we are not really operating in the fullness of the Spirit. I don't even feel like I'm operating in the fullness of the Spirit often because, you know, where is this incredible upheaval to cast out demons and pray for the sick, pray for healing. We see those things. We see those things quite frequently at Westside Christian Fellowship in the prayer room or at the altar, but you would think there would be a bigger move of that. So anyway, Rosie, am I, am I okay? Um, let's see, or am I limiting the Lord or am I going against God's will by choosing to be single for the rest of my life? Uh, and I mean single as a widowed woman, forever, no dating or entertaining, even the slightest thought of dating or marrying again, too busy raising two children and being in God's word. Is it wrong or or weird? It feels right and peaceful to me, and it seems like this is what he's calling me to do. Well, I think you answered your own question. Uh, with, there, it feels like there's peace. This is the right thing to do. Uh, is being single um, uh, God's will? Absolutely. Especially in your case. Now, a widow is free to marry. And I believe you're free to marry in, in a, another situation with adultery and different things. That's a whole nother podcast. See how many podcasts could be done here? Maybe we'll have to open this up to more topics. But um, no, I don't think you're limiting God. It's actually the Bible says, I believe it's in Corinthians, um, a single person cares for the things of God, how they might please God, but a married person cares for the things of the world, how they might please their spouse. So I think, um, I think you're in a great spot, you know, and, and, and I just, I just pray for you even right now, Lord, that you would use Rosie in a powerful way, give her wisdom on raising these children, fill her mightily with the Holy Spirit and uh, bless her for even asking this question. Um, Michael, how important is it for the church to give up pet doctrines and to focus on spreading the gospel? Amen. I would even add focus on unity. And this is a, this is another challenging topic. And I just actually, um, did a podcast on this and you can probably find it on my YouTube channel. If you go to Shane Eidelman on YouTube, subscribe. I think I just did one on, you know, on unity. When do we name names? Um, when do we get rid of these pet doctrines and just fall, focus on unity? So here's the thing. This is actually not too difficult. If a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're filled with love, joy, peace, contentment, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, self-control, goodness, it, that just flows out of them. So they're going to be focused on unity. They're not going to want to be too divisive. They're not going to put people down. They're not going to name names necessarily. And so they're going to give up. They're not going to argue over Calvinism and Arminianism and the uh, eschatology on when Jesus is coming and fight over it, and argue over it, uh, church form of government, plurality of elders uh, versus uh, congregational rule versus uh, the, the headship rule where the pastor's the lead guy or the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even though those are vitally important. You know, we're not going to have, we've got people in, in our church with 
all of those differences, friends of mine, all those differences. And, you know, you just have to really focus on spreading the gospel and unity because what's still inside of us is something called pride. I want to be right. I want to debate this. I want to show you my knowledge. And be careful. Those who like to debate the most are often those filled least with the Spirit of God. They just want to be bombastic. They want to debate. They want to be in your face. They're arrogant. They're fleshly. And Paul warns against that. And so we have to be very careful about that. However, at the same time, we are called to defend the truth, to lovingly confront what is going on in our culture. And um, so I would encourage you to watch that podcast. I just uploaded it, I think, um, just yesterday on naming names and you know, the key is err on the side of grace. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, argue with people, but there does come a time and a place where we have to contend for the truth. I mean, at our church over the years, people have wanted to bring in destructive doctrines, like teaching a group that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today and that our leadership is off. Well, then I'm gonna have to go and address that and confront that. Or they'll come in and say, um, you know, things about the Holy Spirit that just aren't true. And so, you know, it's, it's, as long as you're filled with the Spirit, I think you're guided much, much easier because you're guided by the Spirit instead of by the fleshly desires. Uh, Becky, hello. Every time I want to fast, I eat more. Do I have any advice? Boy, do I ever welcome to my world. I can say the same thing. And I don't know where you're at in the fasting process. You can go to our church website, not my website. My website uh, has the books, but they, they're linked to Kindle and Amazon and different things because those places won't let us, um, sell free books. Go figure. So we downloaded, we took a long time to download all of our books for free. Uh, they're at the church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org. Thank you, Webmaster, for doing that. Thank you, people, for formatting the books. It's, it was quite a project, but we wanted to offer all those books for free. I think there's been, we, we can't really keep track, but well over 10, 15,000 uh, downloads are free. So my books on fasting will help answer this question, but in a nutshell, what happens? Okay, I'm going to fast. Um, for example, I haven't really eaten today. Um, and uh, it's called intermittent fasting. Um, I, I just have to do that because my body wants to eat too much. And so when I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to fast, that first day, you actually, especially the next day, you're actually craving and you're hungry because you're denying the flesh. And so that's why you want to fast and then you're eating more because you're denying the, 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 the flesh there. Now, if you're just thinking about fasting and you're not fasting, then you still want to eat more. It could be because your body knows you know, subconsciously that you're getting ready to withdraw from food. And now that means, you know, I've done that before. I've, I've wanted to pig out the first couple days before a fast. And that's not good either. Cause that's number one, gluttony. Number two, it really doesn't set your body up for success. Uh, let's see. Why won't pastors address the transgender issue? Um, time is spent on emphasizing service to our fellow man and loving like Jesus did. But um, didn't Jesus have a few things to say about these issues or something along those lines? And so, again, I've talked about that before, too. If you go on the my YouTube channel, Shane Eidelman, and um, go on the uh, one of the most recent ones I did uh, when I talked about Andy Stanley and others not addressing these issues, a lot of times it's because, you know, we have we, we think we need to be popular instead of biblically correct. Uh, a true a true preacher usually isn't going to have accolades from the world uh and they're not going to they're just going to they're going to ruffle feathers and rightly so because it's that prophetic voice and we can address this issue in love we can say listen this issue is at the forefront of our culture and you can do some studying and how far transgenderism and all this has just really came forward the last decade or so a lot of because the media 
And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it's a cool thing to do. And we've really been influencing the mind of the next generation. Tell them, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says we shouldn't wear women's clothing, clothing, men's clothing. And, but also what you have to do is you have to get to the heart of the issue because you can tell somebody don't do this, but you have to offer the solution. Hey, here's this relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's this freedom in God. And you might still struggle with certain things, but now you know the Savior. Now he can help get you through. I think one of the things that is, is harmful to others is that we, um, we tell them, oh yeah, you know, come to Jesus. All your problems will be over. All your addictions will be over. You know, those cravings for alcohol, that porn addiction, uh, same sex attraction, all of that's going to be gone. Man, this is going to, this is incredible. And sometimes it happens. Praise God for that. But sometimes there's a battle that still goes on. Sometimes there are some strongholds that do not want to let go. The old man still wants to resurface. And so we have to also have to tell people, hey, these desires might come back. It's the desire of the flesh and how to, how to fight those desires, how to resist the devil, how to make no provision for the flesh so you don't fulfill those lusts, how to, how to be a spirit minded instead of carnal minded, how to be filled with the spirit of God. And there's a battle often. And I think we've done a great disservice when we tell people that all their problems and all these struggles will be over uh, because sometimes that doesn't happen. So now I'm going to go to the live feed and if I can turn my volume down here, uh, I'm going to find out if there's any questions, more questions that came in on this live feed and um, can tell my my hat's creating a shadow. Our media guy's going to lecture me. So maybe next next time I'll, I'll not wear the hat. Uh, let's see. Any other questions coming in? Um, I see there's some from, uh, let's see. Cheryl, Colleen, I'll try to get to some of these. The heart, it might be a little difficult to get to all the questions that are coming in. Um, but let me, let me do one of these real quick on this issue of, of, um, of churches and, you know, making a difference in our culture because I wrote an article on it. Uh, I wrote an article that you'll be see, you'll see be, being coming out soon. It's, it's how do we make a difference in this crazy culture? And, um, I'll, you know, just give you the abridged version is really to, um, focus on God like never before, to seek Him like never before, and to, um, you know, strengthen yourself in the Lord, to be, make prayer a priority, to seek God, to fully surrender your life. And then, and only then, can you really make a difference in our culture because our culture needs men and women filled with the Spirit of God. Um, so let's see. I'll try to answer some of these, um, Let's see. Any other questions coming in? I can, I can read most of them, but it's a little, the font's a little small. Uh, another question that came in too was, how do I uh, deal with, um, my, my child who has embraced, uh, let's say same sex attraction, for example? Um, and what you do is, uh, number one is you love them through it, obviously. And, um, you 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 don't support the lifestyle, but you support them. That that's the big difference. You support them, not the lifestyle, and you um, pray for them. You fast for them. You're there for them, but at the same time, they know where you stand. They know you don't support them. And sometimes, you know, some parents maybe are enabling uh, by allowing the child to live in their home um, and and allowing certain things to happen. In their home. And so you have to be careful in that area too. So my thought is there's so many different variables. If the child is suicidal, um, have they fully embraced it? Are they just struggling? And so the key is you have to, um, really, really love them 
show them God's love and mercy and grace, but at the same time, you have to uh, stand on biblical truth and say, Lord, I'm just going to pray for this child. You love them just as much as I love them. And we have to remember, too, I know not, not everyone is um, prepared for this uh, or, or, or wants to hear this, but sin is sin. So if, if an unbeliever is caught up in drunkenness and carousing, fornication, you know, it's, it's not any different than someone caught up in a, a same sex lifestyle. Uh, I, I mean, the Bible, Paul lists, you know, neither drunkards nor fornicators nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor thieves, covetousness, those who are lying, those who have a lying spirit. All of that is just the manifestation of the flesh. And so no matter what the sin is, the person has to repent and believe and be cleansed of all of their sin. And then after that, some of us still like, those who maybe really, they were just liars. Have you ever met those people? They just lie, 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 lie. And uh, they, they have to struggle with that. Um, and sometimes, not all the time, but they have to repent of it and work on it. Others who, who come out of addiction have to work on that addiction. Um, others who struggle with um, uh, maybe uh, anger, you know, that rage doesn't sometimes leave. It doesn't leave easily necessarily. Um, and it just can go on and on and on and on. So, uh, anyway, let me see if there's a few more questions. Um, yeah, I think that does it for now. I'll try to do this more often. Uh, that way we can, um, you know, go over some of the questions that come in. I know there's a lot of, of, of thoughts, especially about what's going on in our culture now. I want to try to keep these to about 30 minutes. Um, but I hope that helps. Here's the key. We, we don't want to get caught up on a lot of the things going on. We want to be informed, but let me just encourage you. Don't spend a lot of time on social media. Uh, don't spend a lot of time being negative and resentful and bitter. Amen. Preaching myself here. Um, it, it, because that just God, God wants a thankful heart. God looks at those who are thankful, even despite their situations. And if we repent of our apathy, Lord, I've been spiritually, uh, I've been apathetic, spiritually speaking. I repent of that. And God, I just want to seek you like never before. I'm going to make prayer my, my priority. And once you get those things aligned, then we can start making a difference in our country. We can start making a difference in our schools, in our courthouses, in legislation, uh, in our churches. And yeah, there, there'll always be a fight. It might get harder before it gets easier. It might not get easier. It might be hard all the way down, but this is how you make a difference in our culture. You want to make sure I've heard so many people, they are disgruntled and complaining. And I know I got it. It's, it's not fun. But we have to make sure we're thankful in all things. And you'll be amazed at what God does with humility and a gentle spirit. You'll be amazed at what he does with brokenness and a contrite heart. He says that kind of person I can use in a powerful way, maybe in your home, maybe in your neighborhood, maybe in your community, maybe just among your family. But if I, I think there's just so many Christians, we are, what do they call that? The DMV, a certificate of non-operation. So we're, they're Christians, but they have a certificate of non-spiritual operation. It means they are not doing much for the kingdom of God. Because if we're complaining, we're upset, we're a complaining Kathy or a judgmental Jerry or a critical Carrie, I mean, it, God can't use us in that setting. It's, it's very difficult. So we have to get our heart right. So again, I'm hoping to come out with that article uh, in the next day or two. You can look for it. I'm trying to get the title of it really quick here. Um, oh yeah, 
The title is going to be Four Surefire Ways to Handle the Insanity in Our Country. And I'm hoping maybe I can talk a little bit more about that again in the future. But it's basically everything I just said. If we begin to apply that, humble ourselves, and then ultimately remember uh, that God uses the least likely to impact our culture in very significant ways. Look in the mirror, own it, seek Him like never before, make prayer the all-consuming passion of your life, repent of spiritual apathy, and watch what God God will do. I believe he is waiting for you more than you are waiting for him. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, My name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.